Hi, my name is Quanice Floyd. And I'm Peter Dayton. Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. A program of the Embrace series, which is a partnership between arts education in Maryland schools and the Maryland State Department of Education Fine Arts Office. This podcast will examine the human side of arts education and is an opportunity to highlight arts educators from around the state of Maryland. During each episode, we will interview an arts educator to talk about their journey. Each interviewee will be facilitating a workshop as a part of the Embrace series. Today, I'm joined by James Dorsey. He is a vocal general music teacher in Prince George's County Public Schools and an MC3 roster artist. He is facilitating Engaging with Big Ideas Through Music, an Embrace session for Maryland's Creative Teaching Force on Wednesday, May 27th from 1 p.m. to 1.45 p.m. James, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to talk to each of these facilitators and all of the different mediums as well. There are so many big ideas in music. So what big ideas are we going to be engaging with through music? I'm really excited to share what my thinking has been. This pandemic has been a time of reflection for many of us. And I really want to help people unlock the power of music in helping them heal and grow. Music is unique. It really has the ability to sit us in a moment in time through sound. Like sound can activate such powerful imagery about where we've been, where we are, where we'd like to be. And I think there's so much we can learn from ourselves, about ourselves and our world, and kind of use what we hear to inspire action. So my session is going to explore the specific idea of how do we draw inspiration from the past to learn from, appreciate, and inspire our present and our future. And in this session, we're going to look um, how you can literally hear this within many music examples and from you know musical elements to the actions that were used to create that music. And then we'll spend some time really applying what we learned from that music to our own self-care and artistic growth. I think when you engage music on a conceptual level, you can experience a deeper reflection and a more meaningful inspiration for creating. When you look down to those music elements and see how other people did it in the past, it kind of gives you an opportunity to explore that pathway in the current. And on a personal level, part of our time to appreciate what we'll learn from that music is to spend time thinking about a past context where maybe there were some limitations, but you felt a sense of freedom. I think we can all agree right now we feel limitations given this situation and limitations sometimes when you learn what that feels like and what those parameters are, sometimes you can create great things out of that limitation. So I'm excited to like lead people in a chance to explore a context that was personally important to them and could be a source of inspiration for the present. I really appreciate your drawing the larger principle from that idea of creativity and inspiration through limitation. I'd love to talk about your background as a musician, as well as as an educator. How did you discover music as a passion? So I joke with my family because the arts began for me in the high chair. So my dad used to record music videos. And, you know, back when TV, when they used to play music videos, my dad would record them on VHS. And my parents would joke, they would leave me in the high chair, they could go cook dinner, they could fold laundry, and, you know, keep an eye on me, and I just would not move. And that's how I absorbed so much popular music and all of the stories that they would tell. 
And it's where I first learned that music, it really is a reflection and expression of individuals. And then as I got older, groups of people and culture. My mom dances. She'd study dance growing up. I dance with her today over Zoom. So as soon as I could walk, that became one of my favorite ways to respond to music with my family. We always danced at home. I did grow up in Maryland and in school, I did well, but I felt like as one of maybe only two or three people of color in all of my classes, there was this kind of layer of pressure. I don't know if it was external, internal, probably a combination of both for me to really prove myself. I felt that academically, socially. But for some reason, when I was in music, I felt a slight freedom from that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I connected with myself and I was truly living in the moment. And the pressuring voices were kind of quieted down a little bit. When I was singing, you know, I play clarinet. I was the drum major in the marching band for multiple years. Uh, I danced, I did stage shows like musical. And I wanted to be my best and those for myself. I didn't have time or the energy to think about the pressures that were on me. It really just gave me the chance to immerse in myself and to really find out who I could be without having to listen to the voices that maybe wanna dictate or assume who I am. So then your decision to continue into pursuing music education, was there a teacher that also helped encourage you in music and was part of that safe space? So part of how I knew I wanted to study music and eventually share my love through education was inspired by my writing teachers, like my English, reading, language arts, those teachers, mm. especially in high school, because I felt like they really encouraged the thinking around concepts and arguments and really invited me to think about how I can present my point of view or point of views that I've learned about in a very clear way. And that was something I saw in all the music I listened to growing up. I used to listen to albums like straight through and just have moments of reflection, thinking about like what the artist was trying to say, how it reflects who they are and the genre and the people they belong to. And so there are many writing teachers more than I could count that really kind of honed in on that thinking. When I studied in college, I studied voice and music recording technology. And I found both figuratively and literally my voice in singing art songs and also pop music. But as I developed more personally, that's when I realized like, I really want to help other people to experience um, the kind of personal growth and development I did through music. And I think being someone who studied music so closely um, and so deeply and continues to do that, I almost feel it's like my responsibility to make sure that everyone I come in contact with can experience the joy that I experience when I am engaged with music. I really try to make my classroom more of a studio space. I pose questions that are anchored in concepts. We draw from them some big ideas. And really, all of our learning around music actions and knowledge is in support of those big ideas. So it allows every kid from pre-K to fifth grade I teach to have a way in just honoring where they are within their development of those actions and knowledge. So it's not that you have to arrive in order to be able to create. I think when you are committed to a big idea, you have the freedom to develop very specific actions and knowledge that really help you express that big idea. 
And my personal artistry really has to do with almost identifying what parameters can I set so that I can focus my development in such a way that my message, my learning around a big idea is really clear. Well, I'd love to talk a little more about your artistry then. Your MC3 profile says that you respond through vocal performance, songwriting, dance, and collaborative arts with children. What does a Dorsey piece look like or sound like, I should say? Sure. So it really depends on the kids. And I think because the big idea that we're wrestling with is going to look different from each group of kids, it's been diverse. Uh, One year we created a song about bullying and it was kind of like at the beginning Before I saw really it becoming a topic of professional development in the teacher world, I was just talking with the kids and we were talking about what issues were going on in our school. And the result of that was a song that we wrote. It was collaborative. The kids kind of improvised some melodies. I took my experience with recording technology and my own pop music background to kind of add some of my take on it. And we kind of collaborated over a few months to create a song around that. And then we were like, why stop there? So we made a music video in our school with the dance team that I led at that school that kind of brought elements of that song to life. So that was one experience. At my current school, I have a dance team that we put stories on stage as our way of exploring big ideas. So we look at the concept of home and that came out in a stage show where the dancers kind of retold the Wizard of Oz, but did it um, with pop music that kind of represented different phases within the character's life, but also the kid's life. So it was kind of like a reimagining of that story only through popular music and dancing, no speaking, no singing, just strictly dance. In my classroom, it's meant I often arrange folk songs specifically for the group of kids that I see based on like their skills, but also their interests. Sometimes they create the melody and the words to reflect their take on whatever big ideas that we're drawing upon for that work. So really in my, my learning space, it's really about creating with and for the kids around who they are and what ideas we're exploring. I really do consider teaching my artistry, mm. well, part of my artistry, because it's creative, it's dynamic, um, it's productive. It's certainly performative. Yeah, exactly. So I really treat teaching with the care that I do vocal performance. Outside of my classroom, like I've studied popular urban dance and I've performed in different groups while I was teaching early in my career. One of my favorite things that has happened because of my teaching artistry is that now I'm like exploring ways that I can bring what I do in my learning spaces within my school to like the community. One of my recent collaborations was with the city of Bowie Museums. And I did a lecture recital about African-American memories and song and looking at African-American spirituals, some art songs that really are kind of a sonic memory of what that experience has been for African-Americans during the 1800s, even to the early um, 1900s. And my classroom is centered on big ideas. And I took that idea and brought it to a community performance, a recital. And because it was anchored in a big idea, that was much less like a theme concert of African-American spirituals and much more so a program where we are really looking at music through a conceptual lens. And I really enjoyed that. And like I'm now developing something to do in September and some next year that will kind of take 
this model of using a big idea to really bring people into music and all that can be learned from it through that kind of conceptual lens. I have to ask about your recording arts background. In your remote instruction, I'm curious to know how you feel you might have been at least partially better equipped for our current circumstance and the ways in which you've used that background to work with technology to facilitate remote learning. I'm taking this time for the rest of this school year and treating it for the unexpected event that it is. So for this period, it's really been through, like I've created videos that kind of introduce activities the kids will do, but also I use Sibelius as my program for composing. So I've made like rhythm videos and melody videos that have the score there and scrolls through for the kids to be able to sing and perform along with it. And so I've seen it show up there, but I'm really excited to use this time to like explore what it will look like in the fall when I know that's coming. I know that situation is going to look different than it has in the past. So I can see where kids are kind of giving me pieces of musical ideas that they've created and me kind of using my background to combine them together in a musical or audio format or even audio and video. And so creating something that would have been on stage, but now making it something that lives in video. And I surprised myself how much that training has really shown up in my practice because it actually started with a video game that I used to play in high school. It was uh, called MTV Music Generator. Mm -hmm. And it was just a game for PlayStation where you would take loops and you would put them together and Then I realized like, wait a minute, you can start from scratch with samples. And I learned so much about music technology and like creating music electronically from that video game. So to be here years later, using some of those same skills to help other people do the same thing is really cool. I'd like to maybe ask about how you're doing, (laughs) how the arts are playing a role in how you are getting through this or just how you are staying connected during this time how you're using music in your own time to feel, process what you're experiencing right now. So the arts really are part of my daily rituals. And rituals are kind of my way of coping with uncertainty. Like if I can create a ritual or a series of rituals, that kind of gives me the sense of normalcy I need to navigate uncertain times. So Every day I dance and I dance for exercise, but I also like explore musical concepts in my body. Like right now I'm listening to a lot of James Brown and the funk aspects of his music. I'm like kind of exploring like what that looks like in different grooves in my body. So it's like kind of for exercise, but it's also kind of developing my awareness of that kind of genre of music. I create a musical seed every day electronically. Sometimes it's just like a couple drum tracks I'll quick make up add some keys. Sometimes it's reflective of what I've been listening to. Sometimes it's my take on an idea that I was thinking of that day. And I just take 30 minutes, I do it, and then I just kind of leave it alone. And sometimes that shows up in music I create or work with for the kids. Sometimes it's part of the music that I listen to, to just help me keep going. Or sometimes it serves as a memory of what I was going through when I look back. And I think part of it is that I also, I definitely sketch as part of my daily reflection. And there's definitely a conversation between those sketches and the musical seeds that I create. I'm definitely engaging personally with that big idea of drawing inspiration from the past. 
So I've been going through my music library of music from my childhood and been making like DJ mixes of music around a theme or like I've been doing decades now. So I have like a few 80s mixes. But what it does is it gives me something first just to play back and dance to when I'm exercising or exploring music concepts. It's the background for my journaling, for reading. Sometimes I sit and I listen to it and allow my allow it to activate imagery in my mind. And that's kind of part of my mindfulness. So it's been fun to kind of connect that music based on like, you know, the elements or themes and make it flow for like an hour nonstop. And it's kind of a a way that I force myself to take stock in who I am, where I've been and where I want to go. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, James. And I really am looking forward to your workshop, Engaging with Big Ideas Through Music, which is taking place on Wednesday, May 27th from 1 p.m. to 1.45 p.m. Thank you again so much for joining me. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you for listening to the Embrace podcast. For more information on arts education in Maryland schools, visit aems-edu.org. To learn more about the Embrace series and how to register for a session, go to msdefinearts.org. Stay safe and stay creative.